Thank you for joining us. Uh, we invite you to join in the conversation. A number to dial is 0891-104-207. And uh, we welcome your WhatsApp notes on 0614-104-107. And you can also tag us uh, on SAFM Radio. Um, you can hashtag tag us uh, both on Facebook and Twitter. SAFM Lifetime Live is where we're at. And uh, your SMSs are also welcomed at 40938, charged at 150. As we have this uh, conversation, long overdue conversation, and uh, we've we've had these conversations for a while now. And are we making progress? Uh, is the question that we're asking. Does it not um, racism in schools? Does it not contribute towards um, slow pace of social cohesion? What seems to be the blockage? Um, is is it entitlement? Is it? Um, it lack of of empathy, is it ignorance? And the list goes on and on of questions that uh, we ponder on as we try to figure out what the problem seems to be like. And uh, joining us in studio now is Elijah Mplanga, who's spokesperson for the Department of Basic Education, joining us in studio. Good afternoon, Elijah, and thank you so much for coming through. Griselda, good afternoon. Thank you so much for inviting me. Now, this, I, I mean, I don't even know if we have um, statistics to support what we see on, on either social media or headlines of uh, incidences that continue to happen in our schools um, in relation to racism? We don't have stats, and I think that's part of the problem because uh, racism, it's something that you cannot see until something is reported or it's its really something that you cannot count. Mm-hmm. You only can count or see the incidence of such, but you can't see the practice itself until you examine it closely. So we work on the basis of what we are observing, but also that which members of the community will report to us and ask us to investigate. And then when you look for the motive for certain things that have happened, you then establish that there were also racist tendencies. So talking about the motive, because um, it's all good and well to look at an incident as it happens. But when we go back to uh, what we teach in schools, uh, and, and I beg to then ask a question that are our schools currently as they stand positioned to teach and, and, and model democratic values um, of our constitution? Yes, they are. If you look at the the curriculum and its intent, it aims to deal with the ugly past, talk to our young people and teach them about values, respect for self, respect for others, mm-hmm. embracing diversity, understanding that you are different from the other person and respecting them. Same way you respect yourself because the fact that you don't look the same does not mean that you are better than them or they are better than you. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. It means that you need to understand that we are all human beings, we all deserve equal treatment, mm-hmm. we all deserve equal access to all services, to all spaces mm-hmm. where human beings are supposed to be. So anything contrary to that should be um, discussed and, and addressed. So if the Constitution clearly states this, and, and this forms um, you know, part of our education values, what then seems to be the problem? The problem in our experience is the adults um the adults who tend to pass down their own prejudices to the young ones and influence them to think in certain ways ways which 
are usually twisted, uh, uh, ways that are usually aimed at making other people inferior and them superior. And that's where the problems begin. And it's also things that they would have been taught themselves. Mm -hmm. So basically what we need to do is to embrace the changes that have taken place in South Africa and make sure that our children also view the world not in racist terms or through racist eyes, mm -hmm. but from a perspective where we need to respect each other even if we look different, even if our hair texture is, is different, you know, those things. Even so, if I can't see the board when you're sitting in front of me, right? Now, we have we clearly, um, because, you know, when I listen to this conversation, <coughs> I, I've, I've always been one to reflect on where we come from in order for us to map a path that is clear for all of us and we all agree um, what it is that we're heading towards. Mm. And I, I tend to wonder that have we clearly reflected on how white privilege, and call it what it is, white privilege, ignorance and absence of empathy um, as an enabler um, for what we're seeing in, in some of these schools, especially ones that are government funded? We have, I think as a country we have, but what you see particularly in our schools is certain patterns mm. that are emerging or some of them have been there, they never left us, um, such as the demographics in certain schools like your former model schools, which used to have 100% um, white learners. And today they are 100% black learners, but the teaching staff is still white. And you also go to other places where some of the learners who have moved away from the former model schools have gone to other schools mm -hmm. and there um, the setup is different. The learners are all white and the staff is all white. And you ask yourself, how is it possible that you could have a complexion of a school in this manner when the community surrounding the school is mixed. So you need to ask yourself, what is it that is being done to influence the population in the school to remain in the manner that it has? And we found that there are various instruments that people are using. And, and let's talk about them, because <coughs> I know that one of them would be an admission test. What is that? One is the admission policies that SGBs would have in their schools. The other is the SGB elections, which we have found as well that in some places they are used to ensure that certain people um, are elected so that they can perpetuate certain policies that are discriminatory in, in, in their design. But you also find... Uh, even just apathy from the community where the school is located, people who easily give up and say, ah, you know, this school has been like this. There's nothing we can do. We'd rather take our children to some other school far away. So that's what we need to, to, to focus on and say, how is it that a school would be white-dominated, whereas there's a need for children of other races in the same community to access that school, and yet the gates are, are locked for them mm -hmm. and only certain races are um, allowed to, to enroll in that school. 
right, uh, we are taking your calls because we're not having this conversation on our own and also inviting your voice notes on 0614-104-107. And this is SFM Radio. And uh, with me in studio um, is a representative of uh, the Department of Basic Education, Mr. Elijah Mthang, as um, the spokesperson. And we're talking about racism in schools, that uh, what seems um, to be the challenge. Where is the blockage? As uh, we talk about, does it not uh, contribute towards uh, the delay in, in social cohesion? We keep having these conversations. And, uh, you know, as we take your calls, Mr. Mthang, I would like us to talk about um, consequences uh, to this act. Have we seen any, uh, whether it's a principal or a parent, um, that we can publicly talk about that this individual did this and uh, these were the repercussions or these were the consequences of the action? Because we talk, um, but we don't see people, um, you know, being made uh, to pay for for, um, such acts that are drawing us back. Call Criselda now. 0891-104-207. All right, let's take your calls um, right now and also invite your SMSs on 40938. Now, have there been any cases where um, people have been brought to book um, for practicing racism openly? Well, there there have been cases, but there are two scenarios here that I think we need to clarify. The first mm-hmm. one is where a school principal would have drawn a picture of a baboon in a school somewhere in the free state and say this is your president Mandela or this is your president whoever the person will be and then a parent will come to complain to us because the learner saw that in the classroom and they captured that image mm. and sent it to the department and then action is taken but yeah. that would have taken place maybe after many years of other racist activities taking place in that school and comments activities that you can touch activities that you can see you only get to know after some time when maybe a group of learners have said why is it that at this school when black girls uh, grow their hair Mm -hmm. they are told to go cut it and have it short whereas the other kids, maybe the white kids, can grow their hair for as long as it, it, they can and nothing is said to them. And then you say, now let's look at the code of conduct. When you check the code of conduct, you find that it really looks like it's targeting learners of a certain color or a certain race uh, or learners who have a certain uh, hair texture. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, why is it that this law is not consistent across learners of all races? And then you realize that there were some racist thinking when the particular code of conduct was put together. And in that case, we'll then intervene and say, SGB, please go back, review this particular code of conduct, make sure that it is non-discriminatory, make sure that it embraces diversity, allow learners of all types to grow their hair the way they want, or make sure that if the code says learners must cut their hair it must apply right across to the everyone board. yes and and for a person listening to this conversation and saying that this conversation in its nature is is racist how do we begin to talk about this without for lack of a better expression people catching feelings we need to be honest i think we need to be honest that we are different um and we see things differently um you know, when you're in your own space, 
I think you are free to think the way that you want. But mm. once you enter a common or a public space, you need to understand that other human beings have just a right like you do. Yeah, and, and the constitution is your guide. And the constitution right. is your guide and it should apply for everyone. Sure. Let's go to John in Kempton Park. Good afternoon, John. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Hello, Elijah. Good afternoon. Yes. You see, Elijah, um, I wish people like Steve uh, 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 Biko were alive. I think also we Africans have got a problem. Uh, I'm speaking as a teacher. I'm speaking as somebody who has gone through psychology of education and many other things. You find us wanting to take our children to white schools. If they employ a white, a black person, the teachers feel uncomfortable that their learners are in a former modesty school. How can they be taught by a black teacher? And let me tell you, Elijah, go and do a thorough research. This is very worrying. Most modesty schools employ white teachers who are not educated. If I can send you now and say go to modesty schools and check how many white educators who are qualified. You find they are busy studying because they have seen an opportunity that the only qualification that they can have to teach is their skill. So they are still studying. Uh, you guys don't go there and check and say, here yeah, it's a learner who is a former modesty school uh, from former modesty He's an educator. He's qualified. He cannot go there. Most teachers in former modesty school are not uh, having qualification, but we are happy because it's a white face. Why is it like that, Elijah? Right. And your meetings, your meetings. I'm an educator. Every time when we go to meetings, the white teachers cannot go to the township because a meeting is in the township. We still follow them in their white suburbs because we are clear higher. They cannot go to white. Are you aware of that, Elijah, that they, we don't call meetings in the township where they come? It's very rare, that kind of thing. So we perpetuate it in the, in the other end. I may talk now, you may find that your own child also. It's in a modesty school where there's no black teacher. And you don't question that. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Is your child in a white school <laughs> and there's no black teacher? And well, if so, what are you doing about it? I like the question that he has, is asked because it talks to the participation of parents in the school. It's all SGB. The teachers that he's talking about, mm. they're SGB-appointed teachers. So if parents do not participate in the SGB, if they don't agitate enough or mobilize enough people mm. to, be, uh, to be elected into the SGB, the status quo will remain until such time that parents say, no, we want to enroll our kids in this school so that we can also take part in the school. But in some schools, we find that the population is indeed black, but the participation of the black parents is very low. So all the issues that he's talking about have got to do with the active participation sure. of parents or the lack of it. Do you feel like um, perhaps as, as parents and, and communities, we understand our role and responsibility in this um, move to social cohesion, especially when it comes to racism? No, we do. We do. You know, it's. Um, I, I'm saying we do because you'll, you'll find that there are two different types of invitations. The one will say, okay, there's a fun day at school and it will be full. You'll have all 600 parents standing up and you'll say there's an SGB meeting or parents meeting. You'll find there's 15 people. The meeting does not even correlate. You call another meeting, same number of people and that number of people 
mm-hmm. the minority will dictate to the majority what's going to happen because the majority of the people don't turn up. So people know, but for some reason, when it comes to the big issues affecting the school, the participation rate is very low. You will only get to know about this when parents start to complain to the department saying that uh, there's corruption in the school and you ask them, what did you do about this? You find that they never attended meetings. All right, let's go to, uh, I think it's Whitbank and speak to Erastas. Uh, Good afternoon. Good afternoon, my sister and your guest. How are you? We're good. How are you? We have a minute. Dr. Elijah here, you're talking about corruption in the schools. Whitbank, there is a school called Pine Ridge Combined School. A lot of corruption, the money sponsors from the mine to fix the infrastructure of that institution. The money was taken, directed to the circuit, and when we questioned the circuit manager, including the director, they could not even give us a, a reason. When we lodged complaint, they said, I can't find anything, whereas we've got documents in black and white to show that there was money used for, for, for that institution, number one. Number two, there's no principal in that particular school. There was an acting principal who was involved in this shenanigan. She was removed, they put another uh, acting principal. We did the interview as a school governing body, and the circuit manager was involved because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a principal post. At the end of the day, when we asked them why they're not appointing, mm-hmm. they could not appoint the person we recommended. They turn around and say the person does not qualify. We asked questions as to how can the, 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 what you call the person not qualify, whereas when we check the application as a school governing body, including the circuit manager, and remember, when they apply, they apply at the district. How is it possible that they can send us the application if people are not, are not qualifying? Nobody could answer. So sure. therefore, we can find reach. If it is true that you want to root out corruption, come here, we will give you on the chairperson of that school governing body. I will give you all the necessary information to root out all this corruption in the school. They are busy destroying the future of a black learner, the district director and the second manager in Whitbank. The district director is in Guamkhana. Look, Erastus, I suggest that uh, you leave us your details. I, I suggest that you leave us your details and, and have the department follow up and we'll also follow up with you. Mm. Is that good enough? All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for that. We have to take the news headlines and you'll respond uh, to this. Uh, we have a couple of tweets as well and uh, encourage you to just send us those voice notes. Um, SMS line is 40938, charged at 150. And our WhatsApp note is 0614-104-107. Here's news headlines with Uzi Lesako. 1 to 3 p.m. weekdays. Chriselda on SAFM. This is Lifetime Live with uh, Chris Salda, and uh, we're taking your messages. Uh, let's quickly just go through some of your tweets and SMSs. And uh, with me in studio, we're talking racism in schools. Uh, does it not contribute towards the slow pace of social cohesion is the uh, question we're asking. And Elijah Mlanga uh, joining me as a spokesperson of the Department of Basic Education. Minister of Something on Twitter says a colleague shared this morning that a school in Eguruleni sent uh, people claiming to be SGB members uh, to confirm, address and ask the child what their name is and uh, what crash do they attend. Is that legal? That's not proper at all. Um, we have never heard of something like that happening. Mm. It's part of an admission process. 
We've never asked any school to do that. The MEC of Education in Gauteng is very clear about the admission process. In fact, we are still at the application stage right now in Gauteng. Mm. The closing date is the 28th of May. So anyone confirming anybody else's address, they are doing that uh, out of their own will. Mm. Whatever they find, it's not going to have a bearing on the final decision taken by the the department on whether the learner will be enrolled there or not. Uh, there's a, an, an SMS that's giving <laughs> a suggestion and we'll take that after this call. Uh, touch it. Fosloras, good afternoon. Uh, hi, hi, Professor. I'm Elijah. Hi. Uh, there, was, there was a caller earlier who was thinking about parents thinking why it is better for us. That's why we take our, our kids to white only schools in Italy. Some of those teachers are unqualified. Uh, that's a general statement. And I... I think as a parent myself, I had an opportunity mm-hmm. to apply for a grade 8 for my daughter. Now, I, I, I work in Primrose. I stay in Fort Laura, so I've got an opportunity to use the Primrose side mm-hmm. and Masitrani side, which is down the road again in Fort Laura. If I had a choice, I'll say my daughter should go to Primrose High and not to the school which is down here. And it's not being white, me me favoring white. Mm. It's because of the attitude that you go there to see the teachers. They just look like they're not interested. They're doing you a favor. And then as a parent, obviously, you sit down and like, gee, I'm not too sure if my child will spend five years in this school. If these teachers behave like this, sure. she won't be a better person. And I'm sure, I mean, you'll take it upon um, yourself as, as a responsibility touch where you communicate with um, the department because, you know, maybe you are able to just walk away from that situation, but there might be someone who has no choice. Yes, I, I, I did, and I raised with them also. that no, mm-hmm. this is the, the, the service I got from the previous school that I submitted documents to yeah. was way much better than the service that you guys are giving me here. Sure. But, and you leave me no choice but to prefer to go to that school instead of coming here where myself just walk down the road. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for sharing your insights. Uh, let's uh, go to the tweets now. Ntlantalaki saying, unsafe communities lead to unsafe schools. Um, and education, information and high visibility is prevention of unsafe activities. We need social workers in our schools. And uh, a whole lot of hashtags, which I fully agree with. Uh, school safety, um, hashtag Sanko, hashtag committed to change. And the list goes on and on. And that SMS um, that I spoke about earlier on. Uh, why can't government build schools better than the Model C ones? Um, we keep complaining, but, you know, why not beat them at their own game? No, in fact, the schools that we have been building in recent years are much better than the old former Model C schools that we have, because those ones were built in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. It's not about the buildings. Mm. It's about what happens inside the buildings. Are learners arriving on time every day? Mm-hmm. Are teachers in class every day teaching for the required amount of time a day? Um, is the discipline in the school? Is the SGB fully functional? Do they have all the meetings? Does the SGB have all the committees, safety, uh, finance? And do they run the school? Uh, do they support the school in the manner that they should? It's really about all those basic things that make a school work. All that we need to do as communities, as parents, is to make sure that we hold people to account. If there's no teaching in the school, it's your right to question 
at the school principal and his or her school. Why is it that there's no learning and teaching taking place, and making sure that uh, and make sure that things happen in the way that they should. Sure. So, will people who have um, perhaps complaints of racism in their schools, and where do they go? Is there a forum? <coughs> is there contact details? Well, first and foremost, you raise the matter with the school principal and see how the school principal deals with the matter. And this SGB needs to deal with the, with that issue. And if you're still not happy, then the district needs to intervene. And I'm hearing that some from some of our callers that some in some cases the district office does not help or at least they don't give you the results that you expect in that case you are free to escalate the matter to the provincial office the hod is always waiting to to address these types of things because he or she knows that uh, is their job to intervene if people are not happy with what has been happening from the school level sgb sure. district upwards Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. I don't know whether I should wish you luck or Godspeed, <laughs> but something has to give, right? And yeah. that's Mr. Elijah Mtlanga, spokesperson of the Department of Basic Education. That's where we end the conversation on racism and uh, hoping that uh, the conversation continues on different social media platforms, that this time around we don't just talk, and uh, but we walk the talk as well. Here's some special star with Mango Group.